Peace be upon you, and welcome to this week's edition to Pathway to Peace, a show which takes an analytical look at the current issues and trends affecting us all, trying to find the answers to problems that affect our political peace, economic peace, social peace, and perhaps the noblest of them all, inner peace. This week we'll be focusing on attaining inner peace. I'm your host, Kaleem Anwar, and today we embark on a profound journey through the intricacies of life's most intriguing question, why we fall. In the grand tapestry of existence, every soul encounters moments of triumph and moments of defeat, periods of joy and periods of sorrow. While we often celebrate success and happiness, it is in the moments of falling that we find ourselves truly tested, awakened and transformed. Life's journey is riddled with obstacles, trials and hardships, but we find solace in our faith, embracing every fall as an opportunity for growth and self-discovery. Joined by fellow Pathway to Peace presenters Shams Najm and Anil Tahir, we'll be exploring in this episode the deeper meanings behind these falls, exploring the wisdom, lessons and blessings that emerge from our challenges. In the Holy Quran, God the Most Merciful reminds us in Surah Al-Baqarah in chapter 2 verse 287, God does not burden a soul beyond that he can bear. In light of this divine assurance, we find comfort knowing that every fall has been measured with divine wisdom, compassion, and love. Each stumble and setback serves a greater purpose, one that leads us closer to our Creator and moulds us into, into the best versions of ourselves. So a warm welcome to you both. Um, thanks for joining. Oh, good. Thanks, thanks for having me. Good to be here. Uh, I, I was just going to... Yeah, no, well, well I was, you know, I, I suppose at the time of this show sort of airs, um, well, our listeners may or may not be aware of, uh, literally a week, uh, a week ago, we had the the annual convention, the Delta Solana, as it's known, um, in the United Kingdom, um, in in the nice sort of uh, the leafy uh, countryside of, um, well, Oakland's Farms, what it's called, uh, in Alton, uh, Hampshire, and um and obviously all, all three of us were there because obviously we, we kind of saw each other at, at various points of the weekend. And um, I, I was just, you know, I was just I sort of gave inspiration for really for this show, really. Um, you know, seeing 40,000 people there or thereabouts, um, probably slightly higher than that. Um, and we sort of all came together. And I suppose the the the, the climax really of the event on, on the Sunday is a, a very special moment known as sort of the international bat, as it's known in, in, in Arabic, but essentially the Pledge of Allegiance uh, that, that everyone on the site, but not just physically on the site, but because it's through the means of sort of technology, you know, worldwide, where people are watching the proceedings um, through various you know, platforms and channels, they themselves are also taking part in, 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 in that sort of phenomenon as well. Um, but I just thought it's... Um, it's a very special moment, really, isn't it? It's a sort of uh, sort of reminds us of, of, of what we're about. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, it's good seeing you there, and I think you're quite right. It's um, it's quite fitting with this title, I suppose. Uh, why we fall? Because it's um, you know the the three day retreat is sort of um, you know as it's as it can be seen as sort of a spiritual MOT. Um, yeah, and. You know, I think we've we've said that previously about um, the month of Ramadan that comes, and um, you know various sort of stages within the year or within sort of the Islamic cycle 
um, or at least for us as a community, there's there's uh, you know events that are held, and it, and it is for that. It's because you know as we'll go into man has a tendency to sort of fall, um, yeah. but we have these events to sort of bring us uh, some sort of spiritual food, food for thought. Um, yeah. opportunity to sort of reflect and so yeah it's good seeing you there but yeah that is what it's for and you mentioned the Pledge of Allegiance which again is something we could probably go into but yeah. within that we are professor we are sort of accepting and admitting fault aren't we to a certain degree yeah. we're accepting that we've sinned and um, yeah. yeah we've sinned our souls and we're sort of uh, let's say a type of confession to sort of start fresh isn't it to have that it sort is. of rebirth um, yeah and again yeah. yeah it fits quite nicely with this with this topic of um yeah, yeah. why 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 as man we fall um it, i mean and, you know, i was just going to mention to you as well that the fact that you know it's not a it's a moment which is not just a one-off for example you know the fact that it sort of it happens annually i guess serves as sort of a it's, it's sort of a quite a night a health and and I think as some mentioned, like that spiritual MOT, it does it serves as a sort of a constant reminder to us all, I guess. Um sort of helps us in that respect. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's been a, a number of years since we've had um one on this scale. Um yeah. so it it was certainly nice to to be back. Um and and like like you guys mentioned, the you know, the the Pledge of Allegiance, uh, as Shams alluded to uh, just a moment ago kind of towards the end of that we are um you know um we say a prayer which is you know seeking forgiveness for the sins that we've committed mm. um you know and and so it is like re, you know renewing that your faith in in a way and and you know trying to start uh, fresh again and um yeah so but but as you say we have we have we have these annually and you know inshallah going forward we will have them uh, annually again mm. um and uh, yeah, we'll be able to kind of, you know, we're around like-minded people coming for the same reason. You know, yeah. you're there to try and uplift each other's faith, and you know, um, and you've got the social aspect. You know, you meet people that you haven't seen in, you know, yeah. a number of years. You know, maybe months. Um, yeah. in, in this case, maybe um, for longer than that. And so, you know, you uplift each other and 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 share your kind of worries and 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 just yeah, um, yeah. It's a really, it's a, time. it's a, it's a really good point that, um, exactly that people are, you know, there's no compulsion to, to, to sort of attend this function, and the fact that you mentioned you're sort of around like-minded people, um, it just shows that they're sort of coming for for a common goal, a common purpose. So there's no, you know, as you know, whereas whereas other functions you can't really make the same claim where people might just uh, turn up for all sorts of sort of intentions, um. But but yeah no, no no you're right um you know that 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 moment in particular really sort of does does stand out um which I suppose is sort of is the backdrop really to this to this uh, this week's episode of Pathway to Peace where it, you know it's 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 part of as we said in the introduction it's just, it's just a part of the human nature really that as as individuals um we have our sort of ups and downs um there there are various trials and, and tribulations that that one faces as they sort of you know traverse through life um and and it has a tendency to sort of knock us down um whereas in in, in sort of islamic sort of, you know philosophy and we'll come to that in a moment that you know whereas those moments will come 
um, but the solution is also provided where we you know one to sort of you know rise from that and 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 the important part is really how well how do you sort of you know pick yourself up again basically and so in this so part one of this program really we will look at why do we fall essentially you know and does does the holy quran sort of make mention um of, of sort of these traits these sort of you know human characteristics and there's um is an interesting uh a verse here so if i just give a bit of background in the holy quran the concept of sort of falling or making mistakes is, is often attributed to human nature uh, and the inherent weaknesses within human beings and so the the holy quran acknowledges that humans are prone to committing errors or sins and making mistakes uh, due to their inherent limitations or tendencies after all we are we are only human and so there are some particular verses that probably stand out in this regard um, there's a verse, uh, a couple of verses from chapter 21, uh, verses 37 to 40, where the verse states that man is made of haste. Uh, I shall show you my signs, so do not ask me to hasten them. They say, when will this promise be fulfilled if you are telling the truth? If those who disbelieve only knew the time when they will not be able to ward off the fire from their faces or their backs, they will have no helper then. Um, but it's this concept here, the beginning of the very beginning of this verse, man is made of haste. And so I think it's sort of a, it just shows, uh, you know, as we've talked in many episodes uh, of, of, of Pathway to Peace, where the Holy Quran, you know, we, we've, we've cited verses in there that apply to sort of aspects of economic peace, of social peace, um, even in matters of sort of, you know, governance, uh, you know, and the way sort of nation states should be run. And I also think that the Holy Quran is... is you know, it's very interesting that it, it sort of delves into the human the human psyche as well. So it's almost sort of a codex for what you know what how what we're about, what we are thinking, and how how we behave. Um, which is in a, which is quite a, a miracle within within its own right. Um, no no other sort of uh, sacred text goes to that level of detail as to almost sort of peel away the layers and to sort of you know really spell out how we as humans typically typically behave. This verse here, where it talks about man is made of haste, um, I think just sort of you know reminds us about this sort of impatience and forgetfulness of human beings. Um, there is a, a another verse um, that sort of alludes to this. This comes from chapter ninety-one, verses seven to ten, where it says, "By the soul, and he who proportioned it and inspired it with its wickedness and its righteousness, indeed he succeeds who purifies it." And indeed, he fails who corrupts it. So that's a very key, a key sort of um, verse here, where it says, "Indeed, he succeeds who purifies it." Um, and, I, and 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 this is something that we'll, we'll come to in the second um, part of uh, of of this show. Uh, but that particular verse has, has been sort of mentioned uh, by the second caliph of the Amdi Muslim community, Hazrat Mizr Bashir Muhammad, in this book, uh, which was actually a speech to begin with, called "Way of the Seekers." Um, and so, in some way, that I, I sometimes think that that book is almost a commentary on that on that one verse. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll refer to that that book in a moment. But if I sort of turn to you both, that I think what's quite remarkable that the the founder of the Amdi Muslim community, Hazrat Mizr Ghulam Muhammad, he mentions. Um, Quite a psychological point, quite a subtle point um, in his sort of groundbreaking speech, which later became published in the book, um, The Philosophy of the Teachings of Islam. Um, he mentioned sort of these three states 
which I think is is, is quite apt uh, as sort of a, a background context to this show. Uh, and he mentions here uh, he he cites three verses from the Holy Quran as sort of, as sort of evidence as to why humans almost sort of travel through these three states basically. And this first state is known as uh, nafsi amara, um, which loosely translates as the self that incites to evil. And he actually says in this regard um, that this particular state of man, this means it is a characteristics of the human self that incites man to evil and is opposed to his attainment of perfection and to his moral state and urges him towards undesirable and evil ways. Um, and I think it's, it's probably fair to say that, you know, that's, uh, it, it's the most basic level, isn't it? If I sort of turn to you both, I mean, it's, it's, we've talked about this in many programs before that, I would say in some regards that it's that trait that sort of um I don't wanna I don't wanna tarnish the whole industry, but when it comes to sort of for example marketing techniques, they sort of appeal to sort of the base instincts of man when it comes to sort of you know almost encouraging oh you you know you must have this or, or your or your desires are craving for this. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah. Um I think the you know it's an important point about Man is sort of, I mean, we, we, we see it, um, we see it every day, don't we? The, the inherent weakness of man, which, yeah, where that lust for desire, yeah, um, or, or desire for material things, um, you know, that that type of weakness that we see in man, uh, day to day, that's sort of the easiest to, I suppose, target, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I suppose that's where. You know that that is sort of the most basic form of man, and is why the founder of the community has sort of highlighted that as its most sort of basic form. Yeah. Um. As you know, the lowest level of sort of uh, where the human soul sort of is. Yeah. I'll I'll move on to the next sort of states, um, and where the the author Hazrat Zakalam Mehmed, the founder of the community, he comments on the next stage known as uh, Nafsilawama. And he says about this, this sort of loosely translates as the self-accusing soul. And, and in some respects, this show pretty much is talking about this middle state. He read the founder, author of the, of, of the book, he, he says in this regard, uh, I call to witness uh, the reproving self. That is to say, I call to witness the self that reproves itself for every vice and intemperance. This repro reproving self is the second source of human state from which the moral state is generated. He goes on to say, at this stage, man ceases to resemble the animals. And he says, it's an interesting term here, because the verse where it comes from, this word, nafsilawama, the full verse, it comes from chapter 75, verse 3, and it says, and I do call to witness the self-accusing soul. Um, so this self-accusing soul is known as nafsilawama. And and this sort of, in, in, in the Holy Quran, where he uses this idiom of, oh, I, I do call to witness, the the founder of the community uh, and the promised Messiah Madhi says, calling it to witness is for the purpose of doing it honor, as if by advancing from the state of the self that is prone to evil and arriving at the state of the reproving self, it has become worthy of honor in divine estimation. So that's quite interesting. It's showing that there is a sort of a gradual uh, upward sort of you know, trajectory there. He goes on to say, it is so called as it reproves man on the vices and it is and is not reconciled to man submitting to his unnatural desires 
and leading an unbridled existence like the animals. He says it desires the man, it desires that man should be in a good state and should practice good morals, and no kind of intemperance should be manifested in any aspect of human life, and natural emotions and desires should be regulated by reason. But he, he, says, he mentions the fact that because it's obviously we haven't quite reached the, 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 the sort of the pinnacle, after all, there is another uh, stage to go. He says, through he goes, though it reproves itself in respect to vices, yet it is not fully effective in practicing virtue, and occasionally it is dominated by natural emotions when it stumbles and falls. It is like a weak child who does not wish to stumble and fall, but does so out of weakness, and it is this remorsefulness over his infirmity. So I was just going to turn to you, Neil, then that, that pretty much sums up, really, in a way, what the show is about. It's this, this I suppose, this inner battle, you, you could say, you know, within man that, you know, Many a time they try to do good deeds, but they also they almost feels like there's a weight that's pulling that you know pulling one downwards. Yeah, I see. And you you mentioned marketing earlier, you know, and we were talking about you know the, the kind of the base desires, you know, and this kind of materialism we're seeing is kind of uh, rampant in, in in society now. You know, you, you see things on TV and you know social media, etc., um, and it's kind of to you know, catch the eye and 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 so yeah. yeah you have to keep checking yourself every so often you know you, you know sometimes you have to you know the amount we use our phone sometimes you might have to put a kind of time limit on that um, yeah. and it's it's constant you know it is a constant self-reflection um yeah. and it's, it's it's very difficult because you can kind of get you know carried away with with you know with things like the phone yeah. and, and another yeah. kind of material um material desires um and so Absolutely. yeah it, it, it is a constant battle you know you know keep you have to keep you know reevaluating yourself and seeing where you're going and um yeah. uh, i think this is just uh yeah the nature and even if, if we look at a child you know a child's natural inclination yeah. you know they won't know necessarily what to do so you have, as a as a parent you know yeah. you'd have to constantly teach the child you know where you know every time they you know where they sense danger or you know just different yeah. different aspects of life yeah um so that, that that's also one um um you know one example of of uh, how man has to be you know or even a child has to be constantly um reminded yeah exactly i think what's quite interesting about this state as well is that it's uh, that there's commentary which highlights that it's at this state that man is sort of ashamed of that weakness so that yeah. element of shamefulness uh highlights an understanding that there is weakness so you're 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 now at that level where you where you recognize um that there is an element of weakness and you're constantly trying to bat battle against it um mm. but you know uh you fall you fall because of that weakness um but it's that cycle of trying to at least come out of that with some sort of, you know, self-willingness to to sort of break away. Um, yeah. yeah, agreed, agreed. I, like, I think the, the sort of the examples you gave as well, actually, Neil, about just as a child who sort of continually stumbles, um, it, it sort of reminds me of that, that we, we sort of mentioned this verse before about man is made of haste. And um, it was quite fascinating, sort of the, the sort of the research for the show the, the 
this particular word of of, of hasten. Um, when you look at sort of the the to the Arabic sort of lexicons and and to understand a bit more about of, of what that's about, um, sort of the deeper meanings of that word of hasten, and uh, it gives a sort of analogy of of one who sort of um, is sort of is if they were sort of standing on a camel and they're not quite sort of fixed. Um, they're not sort of you know they haven't you know got a good grip on it, and so as a, as a camel sort of stands, you know the the rider could potentially fall off you know due to lack of balance. And, and all that is sort of packed within the words of, of the Arabic word here of, of, of haste. And it says how man is made of haste. And I can't help feel that that sort of pretty much sums up really this state, isn't it? That it's just constant, it's just constant stumbling, you know, with, with best intentions, you know, you're trying your best. Um, but, but yeah, there are occasions where, where you, you will, you will sort of lapse and there will be sort of a lapse of judgment and you will sort of fall. Um, it's quite, I, yeah, I just, once again, I just, it's sort of just, it's just proof, really, there how the, someone the Quran sort of talks about such things and gives various sort of metaphors and, and similes. It, it it really is sort of a deeper layer there, um, which is, is is for the reader to sort of investigate um, and and take benefit from. Really, I'll, I'll just for completeness, I'll mention the the, the third state that the Hazrat Zakhla Muhammad had talked about in these sort of three stages of man, and this final state, uh, uh, which is termed Nafsir Matmuina. Um, in the Holy Quran, where he says, which loosely translates as the soul at rest. Um, and he, in, in sort of a commentary on this particular verse where it comes from, it says, uh, Old soul uh, at rest that has found comfort in God, return to thy Lord, thou well pleased with him, and he will well pleased with thee. Now, now join my chosen servants and enter my garden. And so, uh, the Prophet Messiah uh, sort of comments on this verse, and he says, this is the stage when the soul of a person being delivered from all weaknesses is filled with spiritual powers and establishes a relationship with God Almighty without whose support it cannot exist. Uh, as water flowing down from a height on account of its volume and the absence of any obstruction rushes with great force in the same way the soul at rest flows towards God. Um, that is indicated by the divine direction to the soul that has found comfort in God to return to its Lord. Um, and so he further comments, it undergoes a great transformation in this very life and is bestowed a paradise while still in this world. Um, so, yeah, a, a, a sort of a, a grand stage, a grand, you know, of which the whole purpose of, of the coming um, of the Prophet Messiah uh, and Mahdi um, this to sort of guide um, people that this is not something, this is not just sort of mere fables or stories. Humans have the capability, um, rather it's 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 literally within our DNA to sort of strive um, for this final sort of state in, in this very life. I think, you know, that's probably you know, one of the major sort of the differences where, where other faiths may think that, well, it's only in the afterlife that, that one may see sort of a you know a state of bliss um um have be able to have sort of you know communion you know with their with their maker um whereas the founder of the Andi Muslim community Hazrat sort of proven well he himself is proof where he sort of has 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 narrated many incidents within his life of 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 the, the closeness and proximity to God. But but it's not just something exclusively to him. You know, he's he's sort of has been advocate had been advocated that this is something that you know man is is has the potential to achieve, 
if he follows um, the, the the practice um, and the way of the of the Holy Prophet, the founder of Islam, um, peace and blessings of God be upon him. Yeah, so, uh, uh, I think. Yeah, so Shams, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. I think to add to that, this is why we have, uh, you know, the events and when you spoke about Justice Alana is because these uh, events that we go to and we get sort of guidance uh, from the Khalifa, it is so that, you know, essentially the need of the Imam and the need of the Promised Messiah was there because of the moral decline and decay of society. Um, and these events that we have and the, the coming of the Imam is so that society can recognize that actually there's a way to sort of better yourself. There's a way to sort of come out of that sort of low level of spirituality and sort of build, uh, build on yourself, which is quite important. Um, I think, you know, maybe we'll go on to it because the youth and the sort of society we live in today, sometimes it can seem like there's sin and evil at every corner and every step. But like you said, it's kind of in your, in your face. It's, it's, essentially, it's in your DNA. Yes, it's, it's, well, essentially, it's in your DNA to actually be good rather than yeah. you know, be evil. Um, and I think these events and um, the Imam and Al Khalifa uh, are there to sort of highlight why that's important and how to actually reach that state. Yeah, yeah. Um, Probably worth our sort of making a sort of a, a, a comparison or a, crunch, a contrast, then, in the sense now. Um, so essentially, when we when we sort of talk about why we fall and why we stumble, I guess what we're really talking about then is just the the, the nature of, within man who can sort of you know how can I say go when I say go to the dark side, but essentially sort of fall prey, fall victim to to sin, basically sinning, um, commit acts of. of, of of whatever nature, whatever magnitude that has a, there's two sides really. One that can have a, a detrimental impact upon their own selves, um, be it maybe it could be a toxicant that they're taking or, or other deeds. Um, but equally, there are also various sort of vices, various sort of sins that you know one inflicts upon their fellow fellow man, or, you know, other fellow humans, and sort of and, and inflicts sort of pain and 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 you know, upon others. Um, which is also sort of classed as uh, very, very sins of you know be you know be a murder or, or anything like theft and you know you're harming others. <laughs> but I guess what, what's interesting here though is, I guess this the concept of 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 sin, um, and how you know if you sort of make a comparison then so for example within Christianity, and um, there's a for for for, for our listeners a, a fantastic book um, if you may not be aware of it called uh, Christianity. A Journey from Facts to Fiction, um, which was written by the late fourth caliph of the Amdi Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Tahir Ahmed. And there was a chapter which had sort of dedicated to the topic of sin and atonement, um, because this is quite a quite a stark difference with, you know, between Christianity and, and Islam. Because in Islam, there is no notion of sort of an, an inherited sin, um, which along the lines of, um, you know, the sin that was sort of first brought about, you know, between sort of Adam and Eve, and as a result of which it's a sin that sort of now, you know, consequently sort of passed downwards throughout their whole progeny and throughout the whole of mankind. Um, and hence the reason why, you know, the, the, from their perspective, the the, the arrival of, of of the Messiah um, or Jesus, um, you know, his there's this, there's this notion that you know him dying for our sins. Um, was 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 necessary because from the Christian perspective, 
it's as if God requires something uh, almost as a trade, you know, um, which obviously is a very alien concept within Islam. We'll come to in a moment. But it's as if, you know, their, their sort of reasoning is that you had to die because in order to die, it's almost almost like a sort of a, a, a barter as such, you know, you're taking, away, taking away the sins of others. Um, but as far well as from an Islamist perspective, if you sort of look at, if you sort of analyze that, I mean, if, if, I, if I sort of get your sort of comments on this, it's a, it does prove a very sort of um, an unjust sort of philosophy there that, you know, being born with sin, um, for, for, for what, basically, you know, you, you know, you're sort of an innocent sort of child, innocent sort of baby is born and has come into the world of sin. It sort of paints a picture of a very sort of unjust sort of system. Is that unfair to say? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, if we take this idea of, you know, um, if a person commits a sin and somebody then is, someone else is then, you know, inherits that sin or is punished for that sin, um, mm. it kind of, it goes kind of against logic in some ways mm. uh, and justice, as, as you mentioned. Um, and in Islam, we talk about this, uh, you know, uh, seeking forgiveness, astaghfar, um, yeah. And so that that part wouldn't actually come into come into play here because then there would be no point in seeking forgiveness if you know your your sins are going to be uh, yeah. forgiven no matter what you do. So um, yeah. yeah, it does seem a yeah this, this sense of in, injustice in in this idea. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And also accountability, isn't it? It's, um, if you're not then accountable for what you do, or you're you're born with. Um, you know, a package of sin, and yeah. it's very difficult for you to sort of accept that there's, as it as it was, a yeah. justice or, or, or a God that's just. Um, yeah. It's kind of like yeah, you you you've already started in a negative yeah. um, without yeah. having done anything, and so then yeah, the whole exactly. concept of doing good yeah. um, becomes a little bit yeah. irrelevant. Exactly, yeah. I agree because it, it, it almost becomes there's almost no need. Yeah. To, to, to sort of there's no drive as such because if you think well someone will come along and and as I mean if we accept that they died for us, um, then there's no need. Yeah, I mean, you know? it, I mean, in a way, it would be be quite chaotic then, wouldn't it? Because yeah. then it, it, you know anybody would be able to commit any any sin or, or any act um, yeah. and um, know that somebody else is going going to be kind of taking the burden of of, of, the, of those sins so um yeah. you know it, 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 it essentially it lead to chaos yeah 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 i suppose i suppose one i guess the way to sum that up really then the situation in uh, is really if it's a crude analogy but if 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 i have a headache um but i won't take the paracetamol someone else will take the paracetamol and, and my headache will go away essentially and i think it's this sort of alien concept of if we've done wrong, it's for each individual to sort of make amends for for the wrong that they've done. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's probably even, even on that point, you know, where <laughs> your someone else has taken the medicine for the headache to go away, but actually in reality, sin hasn't disappeared, and so mm. we still mm. see it quite rife in society. So where is that? Yeah, even if we were to accept. You know, a notion of such. Yeah. Um, where is the evidence that 
there has been sin and it has been accepted and you know yeah. going forward it's been you know forgiven or whatever it is so I think um yeah yeah I think I think in Islam the concept is you know you're you're born sinless and that goes more in hand of what we believe to be you know the most righteous God most forgiving um, and all-knowing um to start yeah. sort of you know in this uh, you know I go back to what you said sort of your natural sort of your, your, your DNA your fiber yeah is to turn towards uh, this God who we believe to be sort of loving and forgiving um yeah. why would we be born um with with, with sort of sin on our life yeah and one of the attributes of 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 God is you know being the most gracious uh, and most merciful and, and you know um so if, for him, for him to be that you know we would need to uh, you know seek forgiveness and and turn to him and ask for that um uh, mercy and, and forgiveness um so again you know these these are these are attributes of of god that are there for a reason um and for man to turn uh turn to his creator and, and you know and the fact that he is the most gracious and merciful um means that you know we have um, you know he will forgive our sins over and over again but we it, it is up to us to to turn to turn back to him time and again yeah yeah no again yeah, very interesting point what brings us to sort of part two of this program where we sort of identify so where does sin come from then what what is it, this 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 entity that sort of that sort of plagues us or you know where did it come from where's its origins and and from an Islamic perspective, um, I sort of I sort of take um, answers from this particular book that we sort of have cited many a time in previous shows of episodes of Pathway to Peace. And it's a, a book entitled Way of the Seekers, written by the the late second caliph of the Ahmadi Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Bashiruddin Mahmoud Ahmed. And it was actually a speech that he delivered in 1925 at the annual convention in Gardian, in Jalsa Salana, in Gardian. Uh, which was the headquarters then. Um, and so at a mere age of 36, he delivered this epoch-making speech, which, as I said, you know, we're, we're almost coming up to a century now of this book, um, mm. since it's been sort of, you know, since it was delivered, this address. And <clears throat> the principles um, that have been mentioned um, in this book are absolutely remarkable and, and can be applied very easily to 21st century life and our lifestyles uh, and the challenges that we face and and hence the reason why I'm sort of you know using in today's episode and there's a in this book there is a, a section here where it says where 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 from does sin come um and he sort of he makes mention here um where he says uh, here an important question arises it may be asked uh, with so many encouragements towards a life of virtue and so many discouragements towards a life of vice, and so much and so much room for improvement. How does vice manage to enter the life of man? And so he says here, um, you know, on a summary, really, he says the main causes of sin are the following. He says one, uh, being ignorance. Sometimes a person allows himself no time for reflection, while trying to satisfy his natural impulses, and allows a passing interest or pleasure to determine his action. And he said the excitement of the moment uh, removes from his view the more permanent and the more solidly happy ends of life. And so he goes on to say, why should this happen? 
because why are the more permanent ends of life ignored? Um, and he says here, first, because of ignorance, which may be uh, permanent or passing, he says permanent ignorance is a thing apart, but he says temporary ignorance is ignorance despite knowledge, which is quite an interesting phrase here, because many a time we may be aware of such a thing as bad or not good for us, but almost it's just this notion of this, this notion of temporary ignorance is ignorance despite having that knowledge. So he says this sort of ignorance can have many causes, and I'll just run through the list here. Um, and I suppose this pretty much will sort of talk about towards to you know for the remainder of the program. So he says the first principle here is around greed, and he says too much greed uh, blinds a person to many important matters. Uh, and I suppose as we talked about in the early half of the show. I suppose in some respects, this is probably where, when it comes to sort of uh, the marketeers and, you know, various things like that, industries like that, they sort of play to that, isn't it? There's, there's, there's very much this notion of keeping up with the Joneses. We sort of all, um, you know, aspiring to have good things is, is, is one thing and there's no, no problem with that. But I suppose when you're sort of, when it's sort of thrusted in your face to the degree that you're sort of out competing others, um, that that very much is sort of almost a, a sort of one of the sort of the root causes, I guess, within sort of Western sort of civilizational capitalist societies for sure. Is that fair to say? Sorry. So, yeah, I don't know if you. So no, no, I might have lost a, a sort of connection there. But I was just saying how. So, for example, greed is probably one of the is is one of those sort of issues that sort of lies at the heart of sort of capitalist societies. It does very much sort of drive us towards. Um, you know, sort of urging or longing for things uh, that may not yeah. necessarily be natural. And I mean, the Quran even talks about this, isn't it? The mutual rivalry for kind of, you know, you know kind of piling up worldly worldly yeah. goods. It kind of diverts you. Um, so the Quran even has even talked about this, you know, um, many years ago. Um, yeah. And and so and now we're kind of seeing that um, on a more on a more regular basis. You know, you can open up. Uh, yeah, you, know, you could be talking about something, and it'll, it'll, an advert will pop up on your phone, um, yeah. and so you know it, it comes back to that point. You know, it these things are there, distracting you, diverting you, and you, you know you've got to constantly um, check yourself and and reevaluate. Um, yeah. But sometimes you can get into that that stage. I think we you know we talked about the you know, different stages of um, you know of sin um, and. You can get to a stage where, um, you know, you, you kind of you, you you're not realizing it, and and here we're talking about ignorance, um, mm. and and there's a couple of aspects of ignorance. One is, uh, you know, you, you kind of uh, mentioned it, but one is to do with the fact that, you know, you may you just may not have knowledge of something, but on the other hand, you may have knowledge of something, but you've completely understood it incorrectly. Yeah, um, and, and so that that is one of the um, the other sides of ignorance is you might have knowledge, but you know you haven't really yeah. delved into uh, yeah. something. Yeah, you may have misinterpreted, as we see. Um, yeah. You know. or, or at times, you sort of, I guess, as humans, we have this ability to sort of almost justify to ourselves, "Oh, actually, I can do that," or you know, you sort of try to sort of rationalise it, but yeah, but you know, which is probably not not a wise move. Shams, if I turn to you for one of the other sort of reasons um, that the second caliph gives as to why um, sort of sin sort of emerges is 
it's quite interesting. He says here, excessive fear of, of a thing. Um, and also, at the same time, excessive love of, of a thing as well. And I'm wondering, I guess with um, maybe with excessive fear, there might be uh, as a result of one sort of leading to sort of cowardliness um, and almost sort of giving in to you know, whatever situation presents you. And there's, you know, you, you sort of cease to resist and may fall prey to, 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 to sort of a, sin, a sinful act. Whereas I was just going to say with excessive love, which is interesting, excessive love i'm wondering if that sort of leads to jealousy and that, that in itself can cause quite quite a few problems yeah i mean <clears throat> when when you sort of highlight that this was going to be a topic uh, i tried to think to myself from a perspective of youth like what is it sort of in society that makes um you know or at least troubles our, our youth or you know everyone really but growing up from a young age, and it's some of these things that you're mentioning now, isn't it? It's the the temptation. Um, you uh, sort of pushed by your peers, um, and then you and then you sort of, as you mentioned now, the excessive fear, the cowardliness, uh, mm. which which I, I suppose that you know there's 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 deeper sort of understanding behind sort of cowardliness and uh, what sort of Islam and the founder of community sort of highlights behind that mm. um, but I suppose yeah in society that uh, and on the other end of the scale uh, excessive love um, it's interesting um, because yeah again like you mentioned it could be jealousy uh, yeah. it's sort of uh, yeah you know being sort of so deeply obsessed with something yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and that in itself could lead, can lead you astray What's interesting here is that point, I suppose, five uh, to 10 or 11 uh, relating to excessive something. Excess, so yeah. ex excessive anything, I guess, yeah. leads, uh, you know, Islam is, is taught you to kind of to be balanced or in the middle and not yeah. take kind of extremes of anything. Uh, and so it's interesting here that, uh, you know, like even excessive optimism, you know, that that's, it's an interesting one. I never really thought of it like that, but I guess if someone's excessively, uh, you know, optimistic about everything, uh, yeah. maybe that leads to, a, to some sort of kind of unrealistic uh, kind yeah. of situation. So, um, yeah, excessive anything, I guess, um, causes an issue in you know trying to keep that balance. Yeah, really, really good point. You're right. A few of these, if I, I'll just list them out just for, for our listeners benefit you know where he says excessive fear excessive love excessive optimism excessive pessimism um and then he says excessive insistence on anything excessive desire excessive lack of desire so it's a really good point that islam has this this natural sort of balance um within us um or it wants us to be balanced rather and you see each of these sort of conditions is rather at polar ends you know at polar ends polar opposites and if one sort of falls victim to just sort of one side of that, one extreme, um, it, it sort of, it, it just shows you sort of leads to a sort of a, a destructive sort of, um, you know, behavioral you know, traits within us. Um, but I, yeah, I, I agree very much so that. I think that's the and you can see on the excessive well, pessimism, you can see kind of, you know, how that, that ties in, I suppose, if someone going through a difficult time and you know they're particularly negative about something or pessimistic it can lead kind of spiral 
uh, you mm. know, kind of into this negative hole, right? And, uh, you know, that could lead to excessive pessimism. Mm. Um, so I think that's quite an interesting one as well. Yeah. So in, in this in this book, um, the, the San Caliph sort of lists these particular behavioural traits. And then he goes on to say, besides ignorance, the second big source of sin is social contacts and companions. And he says, man is born is a born imitator. He tends to do as others do without weighing and considering the consequences of what he is doing. These social influences include the influence of parents and other relations, playmates, teachers, social institutions and customs. Um, so, that, I mean, that, that, that probably doesn't come as a surprise, really, that you're right. You sort of you are sort of the company that you keep um, and that sort of can that that. You know, that can obviously no doubt cause problems if you're sort of sort of running with the wrong crowd. Um, yeah, you're sort of uh, you're you're really fighting against it. Really, it takes a sort of a brave individual to sort of to turn a sort of group mentality around. Um, but rather, if you know, if you find yourself being the minority more often than not, the individual is sort of swayed um, towards um, you know abducting uh, um, adopting sort of bad habits. I mean, I wanted to get your sort of views on some of this, but I guess to do with the, what comes with that is peer pressure. I guess is that is that fair to say? Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting one, really, because if you if you if you are to try and think of, um, you know, again, I go back to youth, um, and 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 kids, and 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 sort of the sins to say that they would commit. Hmm. Most of the ones that will come to your head are done in groups or done with the influence of other people. Yeah. Um, most acts that you will do or you'll pick up, um, you know, it's, it's in and around and amongst friends. Um, and Islam actually does um, give great emphasis on sort of social gatherings and us being social creatures to, to be close and meet one another and to have good influences on, on one another. And, and Neil mentioned earlier, even the mental health side of things, mm. um, you know, getting together and being around one another is actually good for you. Um, but it has to be around the right sort of type of people. And that mm. company that you keep really does have a very big effect on who you are. And where you mentioned earlier, keeping up with the Joneses, that's another aspect that falls into it because with that peer pressure, you want to sort of, you know, be kept up with with, with with other people and you want to be, you know, there may be this desire to feel or the temptation to, to feel acknowledged or, or wealthy or acknowledged or whatever it is. Um, mm. and, and, and that goes in with trying to keep up with the Joneses and that's where sort of you may fail, you may fall victim or prey to, to some of these things. But for sure, I think, you know, us guys growing up in the society, we can very easily see um, and, and, and understand the power uh, a group of friends can have on one another. Um, yeah. you, know, you see all over, we, we live in London, you see all over London now, you know, yeah. there's uh, the knife crime that goes on, the mental health crisis that we're going through and you know, various other things. But, you know, it's a lot of it to do with sort of your company, the friends you keep, and the effect they have on you sort of group think sort of mentalities and yeah. yeah um i'll turn to um sort of just the last bit of the show really where and i'll refer to another chapter within this book 
um, way of the seekers. And this chapter is called Sin um, in Infected Conditions. And where he sort of, the Sankhani for sort of explains some of these typical behaviors, how they sort of become sort of personified within the individual. But he, but I think what's interesting sort of provides the sort of the remedy as well. You know, this is essentially the sort of how to to pick yourself up again, basically, you know. And um, so he lists the following good conditions, which are listed below in ascending order. So the, I think the order is quite important here. So he's sort of setting out the various sort of practices or st- that one should do um, to, to sort of uplift them, really, and to sort of, you know, turn the tide. And so he said the first one is to do good for the sake of a reward. Um, so you can understand how that, I guess, is that sort of in, once again, coming back to that middle state again of nafsilawama that we talked about, where you're still sort of like almost like childlike um, in your in, in your sort of you know demeanor, where you 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 sort of you'll do good things and sort of slip up as well. So here, the starting point is around sort of doing good, but you may ex- you may sort of expect something in return. Um, he then he then the sort of the second state then the, or the second sort of step you could say. Is to is to choose good as a commandment of God, and I think this is this becomes more about the awareness of God now, um, where you as well as the individual is becoming a bit more aware that there's a sort of a higher being that, that we're all accountable to. The third step is to do good for the sake of good, and to consider virtue to be its own reward. So that's interesting. It sort of differs from this first step about where you're sort of you do you're doing good, and you're expecting a reward in return. As we now come here to step three, where it's doing good for the sake of doing good and, and to not really not expect anything in return. And, and rather the act of doing good is the reward in itself. And step four now is then to do good as a natural habit. Um, so it becomes almost part of your, your very nature. Step five is to actually enjoy doing good. Um, so it becomes almost it's just by by a natural sort of your your default position then and and furthermore to actually enjoy that as well those, those behaviors and step six is to promote uh, or to propagate good in the world so you're sort of spreading it to those all around you it's not just confined to yourself and the last step seven he says to become an embodiment of good and to treat his decimation as one's single uh unalloyed aim in life like the angels um so and i think in I suppose we've gone full circle now in the sense that when you think about the weekend or last weekend, rather, with the Jalsa Salana, the annual convention in the United Kingdom. I mean, in some ways, it provides the opportunities for us to to sort of do all of these things. Um, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I was just going to say in sort of the, the roles that the, the many thousands of volunteers that we see. Um, uh, probably not to, to, you know, just if I just highlight your example in here, obviously you kind of sort of a city person, you know, by day working, you know, and then obviously your the the the, the, the sort of cumbersome task that you had to sort of take on board of sifting through, I, I don't know how many tons of rubbish, I guess, to sort of make sure the site is sort of of clean and and fit for fit for purpose, you know, it it, it just shows this remarkableness from a, from a from a humility point of view. I was just going to get your thoughts on how how Johnson Salah provides us with these opportunities that we probably wouldn't find um, elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a good point. I mean, you see volunteers from uh, all walks of life, uh, you know, doctors, accountants, um, doing various different uh, jobs, being it make, uh, cook the food or make rotis or, or kind of, uh, you know, uh, as I do, um, waste management uh, on site. 
Um, but I suppose it does come into the you know these conditions that you mentioned. Uh, you know, been doing it for a number of years, and um, you know, you, you kind of it has become um, almost kind of like a second na- nature, and you we actually enjoyed doing the work um, because you know it's for a. For, for a bigger cause and um, you know to serve the community so um yeah. it, it's it's one of those uh things that you know all the volunteers at jalsa get that opportunity uh to serve and give back uh, and not for kind of um you know any reward as such um yeah. but to give back to the to um the community and serve the the guests of, of the promise side that are coming to the event yeah absolutely well, only for time reasons, I'm afraid, we have to bring this episode to a close. But before we do, here's a quote from the founder of the Amdi Muslim community, Ahmed, the awaited Messiah and Mahdi, who was prophesied to come in the latter days. When he said the following words of hope, he says, Think not you are sinners, will your prayers be heard? Do not think like this. Man makes mistakes, but a time comes when he is able to overpower his sinning self. This power to overpower the sinning self is also built into the nature of man. Water puts out fire. This is a part of its nature. Howsoever you may heat it, when water drops on the fire, it must put it out. That is its nature. So is man a purifier by nature. Every man has this purifying property. Do not feel defeated because you have been involved in sin. Sin is like a stain on the surface of a piece of cloth. It can be washed away. Your habits, your dispositions may be dominated ever so much by your passions. But pray to God, weeping, crying. He will not let your prayers go to waste. He is full of compassion. Well, that's it for this week's edition of Pathway to Peace. We're back same time next week. I've been your host, Kaleem Anwar. And thank you to my co-presenters, Anil Tahir and Shams Najim. You can comment on today's programme through Twitter by tweeting at Voice of Islam UK. Peace be upon you.